ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله Verily the praise belongs to Allah We praise Him, seek His assistance and forgiveness And we seek refuge in Allah From the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds Whoever Allah guides there is no one that can lead him astray And whoever Allah leads astray there is no one that can guide him I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone And that He has no associates And I bear witness that Muhammad wasallam is His servant and His messenger I would like to begin inshallah this evening in this, the third uh, lecture in this new session from the Sharh Taysir Al-Alam, the Sharh Umdus Al-Ahkam by Shaykh Abdullah Ibn Abdurrahman Al-Bassam Hafizahullah by just quickly reviewing the hadith which we mentioned uh, in the previous chapter of Bab Sujood Al-Sahu or the chapter concerning the prostrations for forgetfulness. The hadith which uh, were mentioned in that chapter, number one, the hadith of Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu, which he said, Salladina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ihda salate al that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam prayed with them one of the prayers of the day, Zuhur or Asr. Uh, he said he prayed with us two rak'ah and then he made taslim. Then he stood up and leaned on a piece of wood in the front of the masjid as though he was angry, putting his right hand on his left hand and clinging his fingers together as mentioned in one of the narrations uh, as the people who normally left from the masjid quickly went out of the masjid saying has the prayer been shortened there were amongst the people Abu Bakr and Umar radiallahu anhumah who out of awe of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and esteem and respect refused or did not speak about the matter amongst them was a man known as Dhul the one who had long hands or long arm, and he said, Ya Rasulullah, Anasita, I'm Qusirat as Salat. Have you forgotten, or has the prayer been shortened? The Prophet said, Lam anta walam tuqsar. Yani, I have not forgotten, or has the prayer been shortened? Then uh, he asked the people, Akama yakulu dhulyadain, is it as he said? Yani, that I have actually forgotten. And the people confirmed, Naam, that it is so. At that point, the Prophet ﷺ went in front of the people again and prayed the two rakah which he missed or which he had forgotten and then he made taslim and then he made takbir and then he made tajda like the tajda normally he made in the, like he normally made in the salat or longer and then he raised his head making takbir and then he made takbir and made the tajda second time like the tajda which he normally makes in the prayer or longer then he raised his head, making takbir, and then he made taslim. 
this hadith, as we mentioned, uh, shows us that when something is added to the prayer, in this case, he made an extra uh, taslim after performing only two rakah. Uh, when something is added to the salat, then as the Prophet ﷺ did here, uh, he prayed the two rakah which he had missed, and then he made taslim, and then he made the sajda sahwa, yani afterwards. Uh, and this is the general rule that when something is added to the prayer, the sajda sahwa is made afterwards. The other hadith that we took is the hadith of Abdullah ibn Buhayna, radiallahu anhu. He was one of the companions of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said that the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, sallam bihim al-dhuhr faqama fi rakataini al-ulayaini wa lam yajlis. That the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, led in the door prayer, and he stood up after performing the first two rakah without sitting. Yani without sitting for the recitation of Tashahud. So the people stood up with him until when he was finished the prayer and they were waiting for him to make Taslim, he made Takbir while he was sitting and made two prostrations before making Taslim. And then after that he made the Taslim. Here in this case, the Prophet left something out and he left out the recitation of Tashahud and the sitting for Tashahud. And in this case, when something is left out, we said that the general rule is that the uh, prostrations for forgetfulness are made before, yani before the taslim. The third hadith that the Shaykh mentions uh, is the hadith. Hmm. Well, we only mentioned two hadiths, that's right. There were two hadiths, and then we mentioned some other hadiths which are related to the topic that, inshallah, also give us some extra benefit from amongst those hadiths. Uh, are the hadith related to um, forgetfulness or having doubt in the salat. One of them is the hadith of Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiallahu anhu reported that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said when one of you is in doubt about the prayer and he does not know how much he has prayed three or four rakah he should cast aside his doubt and base his prayer on what he is sure of. Then perform two prostrations before giving salutations. And in this case, the per- person is in doubt and they are unable to decide uh, which of the two possibilities are more likely. In that case, they should cast aside their doubt, that is, take, taking the lower number that they are sure of and basing the prayer on that and then making two prostrations before taslim. Uh, if he has prayed five rakah, they will make his prayer an even number for him, the two prostrations. And if he has prayed exactly four, they will be humiliation for the shaitan. The other hadith concerning doubt is when the prostrations are made after the taslim and that's the hadith of Abdul ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu he said that when the Prophet sallallahu turned his face to us he said if there had been anything changed in the prayer surely I would have informed you but I am a human being like you and liable to forget like you so if I forget remind me and if any one of you is doubtful about his prayer, he should follow what he thinks to be correct. Yeah, and he tried to determine what is the most likely of the two possibilities. And if he is able to do so, if he is able to ter- determine what is correct, then he should complete his prayer accordingly and finish it. And then, yeah, and after finishing the prayer by making taslim, and then do the two prostrations of sahu, yeah, after the taslim. Uh, the other hadith which we mentioned is when there's something added to the prayer. That's the first extra hadith, the hadith of Abdul ibn Mas'ud, radiallahu anhum, 
Radiallahu anhu, he said that once the Messenger of Allah وسلم, offered five rakah in the Zohar prayer, and somebody asked him whether there was some increase in the prayer. Allah's Messenger وسلم, said, What is that? He said, You have offered five rakah. So Allah's Messenger وسلم, performed two prostrations of sahu after the taslim. Here something was added to the prayer, and in that case, the prostrations are after taslim. These are the five main hadith that we mentioned concerning this topic. And these hadith indicate the general uh, manner of correcting the mistakes in the prayer. <coughs> and when there is something left out of the prayer, the prostration is made before, as in the hadith of Abdullah ibn Buhayna, that is when the Prophet left out the sitting for tashahud, or when someone is in doubt and unable to determine which of the two possibilities, did they pray three or four or two or three, then they take the lower number that they are certain of and make the prostration before uh, taslim. Alaykum salam As for the prostrations made after, uh, those, that prostration is due to adding something, as in the case where the Prophet sallallahu uh, <coughs> made five rakah, prayed five rakah in the Zohar prayer, and as well in the case when the Prophet ﷺ added to the prayer an extra taslim because he made the taslim after two rakah and then the regular taslim when he added the two rakah which he had left out. <coughs> and the other case of forgetfulness is uh, when the person is able to determine the more likely of the two possibilities when they are in doubt about the number of rakah for example that they have performed whether it was three or four and they are able to, yeah, and relatively certainly determine that it was four, for example, then, or, even, or if they determine that it was three, in any case, they should base the prayer on what they determine to be the most likely and the most correct. Uh, and then, after that, they should complete the prayer based on that and make the taslim after, or make the prostrations after the taslim. So this is the summary of what we discussed last week, and inshallah, hopefully, um, in reviewing it and reading those hadith carefully it will become more and more clear the hadith or the subject that we want to discuss this evening is the chapter Bab al-Witr Bab al-Witr or Watr as some of the scholars said that the word may be pronounced with Kasra or with Fatha Witr which is the more common pronunciation or Watr and it means al-fard <coughs> or something single the first hadith from our book Umbat al-Ahkam is hadith number 121 the hadith of Abdullah ibn Umar radiyallahu anhuma may Allah be pleased with him and his father قال سأل رجل النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وهو على المنبر إيمان أكس بافت صلى الله عليه وسلم while he was in the minbar while he was in the minbar standing in the minbar talking to the people giving a khutbah ما ترى في الصلاة الليل أو ما أو كيف صلاة الليل what يعني how is the prayer of the night performed the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم answered him قال مثنى مثنى فإذا خشي أحدكم الصبح صلى واحدة فأوترت له ما صلى يعني the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم 
describes him the, the manner of performance of the night prayer, the tahajjud, or what is commonly referred to in Ramadan as tarawih, otherwise qiyamul layl. He said that it is performed as two rakah, two rakah after two rakah after two rakah, and in twos after every two rakah, taslim. And if anyone fears the approach of dawn, yani that dawn is about to overcome them, and the Salatul Witr should be performed before dawn. If anyone feels that the dawn is about, about to approach them while they are praying the night prayer two by two by two, then they should make one rakah as Witr, and that one rakah will make, yani it will close out what they have prayed for the night, making it as an uneven number. Yani if they were praying the prayers as two rakah by two rakah, then they should pray an odd number to close out the prayer. وَأَنَّهُ كَانَ يَقُولُ اِجْعَلُوا آخِرَ صَلَاتِكُمْ بِاللَّيْلِ وِطْرًا يعني and he that is Abdullah ibn Umar رضي الله عنه used to say and make the last of your prayers in the night وِطْر or end your prayer in the night with وِطْر فَإِنَّ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمْ أَمْرَ بِهِ for verily the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم has commanded us to do so يعني to make the last of your prayer in the night an uneven, yani odd number. Here the Shaykh says, the general meaning of this hadith is that a man asked the Prophet وسلم, while he was giving a khutbah, a speech, a religious speech on the mimbar, about the number of the rakah for the Salatul Layl, and whether or not those, how to separate the rakah of the prayer, or how to join them, how should it be done? Due to the eagerness of the Prophet ﷺ to guide the people and to benefit them and to spread the knowledge amongst them, he answered that man while he was in that place, yani in the mimbar. He answered that man in front of all of the people so that the, the benefit would be general. All of the people would benefit from his answer. He said that the night prayer, Salatul Layl, is Mathna, Mathna, two by two. You sallam min kulli rakatayni, yani, but you make taslim uh, after every two rakah. Then, if anyone felt that the dawn was approaching, they should pray one rakah, and that would make add the number of rakah that they have prayed during that night. <coughs> uh, also, due to the fact that al witr is the ending or the closing, or the seal of the night prayer, then it is better that uh, it should be prayed in the end of the night. I mean that the witr, the last prayer in the end of the night should be witr, because witr is the seal or the closing of one's prayer in the night. So it should be prayed last and preferably in the end of the night. Here the Shaykh mentions that there is some ikhtilaf or difference of opinion amongst the scholars concerning the nafila, al nafila, voluntary prayers, whether or not you may pray them only as two rakah, or you may pray them as more than two rakah, or less than two rakah. The apparent meaning, or what is apparently understood from this hadith, is that the nafila prayer particularly the night prayer, it should be prayed as two rakah, two by two by two, without any increase or decrease in it. It should be prayed in pairs, 
And since we know that acts of ibadah and salat is an act of ibadah, that they are tawqifiyah, yani that they are based on revelation, and it's not for anyone to change the manner or the amount or the time when certain acts of worship are performed, if they have been specified in the sharia to be performed in a certain matter or manner or in a certain place or in a certain time or in a certain amount, then it should be done accordingly without going beyond that which has been legislated in the sharia. However, it has been reported in some hadith that the witter prayer may be performed as one rakah, even without any preceding prayers or number of rakah, as it has been reported in the four books of Sunan, that is Abu Dawood, Nasa'i, and Ibn Majah, the four of them except At-Tirmidhi, and it has also been declared to be authentic by Al-Hakim in his Mustadrak, and in the Sahih of Ibn Hibban, the Hadith of Abu Ayyub Al-Ansari, radiallahu anhu, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, من أحب أن يوتر بخمس فليفعل Whoever desires or loves to make witr by five raka'ah then do so ومن أحب أن يوتر بثلاث فليفعل And whoever prefers or, or loves to make the witr as three raka'ah then do so ومن أحب أن يوتر بواحدة فليفعل And whoever wants to make the witr even as one raka'ah then do so Al-Imam al-Nasai, as opposed to the others, considered that this hadith is mawquf, yani that it is really a statement of Abu Ayyub al-Ansari radiallahu anhu, and it is not to be attributed to the Prophet sallallahu while the others who narrated the hadith considered that hadith to be marfu'un, yani that it is attributed, as a, is attributed to the Prophet sallallahu as a statement from him. Uh, in any case, the present hadith that we have just read is a proof of the permissibility of praying the witr as one rakah, but whether or not you may pray one rakah without anything preceding it is the matter about which the scholars differed. And those who hold this hadith to be authentically reported from the Prophet ﷺ hold it as a proof that whoever wants to make witr as one rakah, there is no need to precede it with anything. You may make one rakah or you may make three rakah, or you may make five rakah without anything preceding it. It has also been authentically reported from a, a group of the companions, رضي الله عنهم أجمعين, that they used to make witr as one rakah without any even number of rakah preceding it. And that they would just perform witr as one rakah without any preceding prayers. And this seems to... Uh, seems to um, limit or specify the hadith concerning the prayer being performed as turaka by turaka, um, which is generally applicable applicable to the voluntary prayers. These this hadith and these and the practice of the Sahaba seems to suggest that it's permissible uh, I mean to skip the even numbers of raka and to just pray the witr as one raka. Uh, <coughs> then he mentions I mean, some other issues 
of some of the scholars and the mazahib concerning them, which are not yani, specifically related to witr, but generally related to voluntary prayers. In any case, here, from this particular hadith, the Shaykh mentions a number of points that are derived from this hadith, and the most important of them is he says that based on this hadith, we are able to determine that the night prayer, tahajjid prayer, or qiyam, or salat al-layl, is prayed as two rakah, two by two by two, without adding to that number or decreasing it. Yani, it should be prayed in pairs. Whereas the witr prayer, which is the end of the night or the end of the night prayer, yani at the end of the tahajjid you pray witr, the witr prayer uh, may be prayed as an odd number. So that the night prayer, he says, is prayed in pairs of two, and the witr prayer may be prayed as an odd number, and it should be preferably prayed at the end of the night for whoever has confidence that they would awaken during the night to perform it. And if a person is confident that they normally wake up in the night, then it is preferable to delay the witr prayer until the end of the night rather than praying it earlier in the night, though it's permissible to pray it earlier. <coughs> also, from this hadith we understand that the time for the witr prayer ends with the breaking of dawn. <coughs> yani, at the time of dawn, uh, the, it is the end of the time of the witr prayer. Also, from this hadith, we understand that it is preferable that the witr prayer should be performed after shafa, yani after the prayers that are performed in even number. And the Prophet said the night prayer should be performed at two by two by two, and then until wait to the end, if you think that the dawn is approaching, and pray the witr prayer as the last prayer, which suggests that the witr prayer should be following, should be following the uh, even number prayer, the night prayer of two by two by two in pairs. <clears throat> then he says that preceding the witr prayer with even number, an even number of rakah is sunnah. Yeah, and it is sunnah to precede the witr prayer by an even number of two rakah or four rakah or six rakah, any number, uh, before making the witr prayer as an odd number. Also, he mentions that answering a questioner in front of the people, answering the, the, the questioner in front of the people uh, gives general benefit to all of those who are present. And if someone asks a question privately, if it wasn't something confidential or personal, then to answer the question in front of the other people, it extends the benefit to all those who are present. Also, that it is mustahab, it is commendable or preferable to perform the witr, although some scholars said that it is wajib, obligatory. But the correct opinion, the strongest opinion, is that it's not wajib, or that it is mustahab, or that it is sunnah mu'akkada, yani sunnah that the Prophet ﷺ always performed, and that it is one of the best of the voluntary acts of worship, <coughs> especially since there are so many hadith of the Prophet ﷺ encouraging it or commanding it and indicating its uh, virtue 
for its blessings. And also due to the fact that the Prophet ﷺ never abandoned the wicked prayer whether he was present or whether he was traveling. And when he was resident or when he was traveling, he always used to perform the witter prayer. <coughs> the second hadith is the hadith of Aisha radiallahu anha, hadith number 122 from the book. An Aisha radiallahu anha qalat min kulli layl qad awthara rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that every night the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to perform the witter prayer every night. Min awwalil layl wa awsatihi wa akhirihi sometimes he used to make it from the beginning of the night and sometimes he used to make it in the middle of the night and sometimes he used to make it in the end of the night fantaha witruhu ila sahar and he used to finish his witr and he used to conclude it at the time just before dawn the time that one who is going to fast takes the suhoor just before the break of dawn was the time that he used to finish his with a prayer so the shaykh says the general meaning of this hadith is that we understand from this hadith that the time for witr begins when one is finished from the Salat al-Isha the time for witr begins at the end of Salat al-Isha when the Salat al-Isha is finished then you may perform the witr from that time sometimes the Prophet made it in the beginning of the night sometimes in the middle of the night sometimes in the end of the night so the witr prayer begins after the completion of the prayer of Isha and it ends at the break of dawn for this reason it is reported that the Prophet ﷺ had the habit of making the witr prayer sometimes in the beginning of the night sometimes in the middle of the night and sometimes in the end of the night and since the performance or the fact that the witr prayer is performed at the end of the night since this is preferable the Prophet ﷺ used to end his performance of the witr prayer yani at that time in the end of the night in order to seal or to close the prayer of the night yani that the last thing he would do would be the witr uh, is the general meaning of the hadith يعني, that even if he prayed it in the earlier time sometime in the beginning of the night or in the middle of the night or in the end of the night he used to end it it used to end in the time just before dawn and in some of the narrations of the hadith authentic hadith concerning the witr prayer we find that the Prophet ﷺ prayed the witr prayer is five rakah sometimes it's seven rakah sometimes it's nine rakah uh, praying straight through either not uh, sitting in the whole of those five rakah or seven rakah etc except in the last rakah sitting for tashahud and sometimes sitting in the next to the last rakah only and if he prayed nine rakah sometimes he only would sit in the eighth rakah the rest of the rakah he would pray straight through not sitting until next to the last rakah he would sit and then uh, sit again in the last rakah and the manners of performing the witr prayer are many perhaps if there is time we will discuss some of them here the shaykh says from this hadith there are two points that we derive from it the first of them is the permissibility of Salat al-Witr in the beginning of the night the permissibility of it in the middle of the night 
and the permissibility of it in the end of the night. For all of these times are appropriate and permissible times for the performance of Salat al-Witr. Number two, that the preferable time for the Witr is the end of the night. And that is for the one who feels safe and confident that they would not oversleep and miss the Witr prayer altogether. If the person is confident that they will normally wake up, then the preferable time is to perform it in the end of the night, though it's permissible to make it in the beginning or in the middle of the night. Also, there's a small difference of opinion here amongst the scholars concerning the beginning, uh, the end of the time of Witr. The scholars are in agreement that the beginning of the time of Witr is after Salat al-Isha. There's agreement on this point. But the difference of opinion is when does it end. The first opinion is the opinion of Al-Imam Malik Rahimahullah and Al-Imam Shafi'i Rahimahullah and in one of the narrations of Al-Imam Ahmed Rahimahullah he is in agreement with them that the end of the time of the Witr prayer is at the time of Salat al-Subh yani the time of Salat al-Fajr and yani at the end of the time of the Witr prayer is when you, when you begin yani when the people begin to pray the Fajr prayer if the Fajr prayer begins then that's the end of the time of yani, the permissible time to pray the Witr prayer the second opinion is the opinion which is more well known as the opinion of Imam Ahmed although there are two narrations one that he's in agreement with the first opinion and the second opinion where he differs with them and that opinion is more well known as the madhab of Imam Ahmed is that the time for the Salat al-Witr ends at the beginning of the break of dawn not at the beginning of the prayer but at the beginning of the break of dawn yani the time when the adhan is called then it's not permissible after that to make the Witr prayer the first opinion is that up until the Fajr prayer begins Maybe the Fajr prayer will be prayed after 15 minutes after the Adhan or 20 minutes after the Adhan or 25 minutes after the Adhan depending on yani, where you are in some masjids the, between the Adhan and the Qama is 15 minutes in some 20 minutes in some 25 minutes so the first opinion is that the Witr prayer may be prayed up until the Fajr prayer begins which is after the break of dawn by some period of time maybe 15-20 minutes or so the second opinion which is the more well-known opinion of Imam Ahmed is that once the break of dawn comes, yeah, near the time at the beginning of the, when the Adhan is called, then this is the end of the time of the Witr prayer. And this is what uh, Al-Imam Ibn Qadama rahimahullah said is really the correct opinion and that's mentioned in his book Al-Mughni and this is the opinion of the Hanbali, the Hanabila scholars of the later time this is their opinion but the correct opinion is that the witter ends at the break of dawn he said whoever makes it after Fajr yani after the dawn breaks then this is considered as Qadha yani making it out of its time just making up for it but actually its time is up until the dawn also of those who held this second opinion with Imam Ahmed are the two companions of Abu Hanifa rahimahullah Muhammad and Abu Yusuf rahimahumullah they also held the same opinion as Imam Ahmed that the end of the 
Salat al-Witr is at the break of dawn, and this is also the opinion of Sufyan, Al-Imam Sufyan al-Thawri, rahimahullah. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, rahimahullah, mentions that whoever slept past the Salat al-Witr, then he may pray it between the break of dawn and the performance of Salat al-Fajr. And if a person didn't wake up in the night and they heard the Adhan of Fajr, he said it's permissible for them to make it as long as they make it before the time of the Fajr Salat, and before the Salat, the Fajr Salat is performed. And this, he says, was done by Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhuma and Aisha radiallahu anha. He said this was practiced by them based on their practice. He said that it is permissible if someone overslept that they may make the witter prayer even after the break of dawn, as long as they do it before the performance of Salat al-Fajr. The last hadith, hadith number 123, is also narrated from Aisha She said, كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يصلي من الليل ثلاثة عشرة ركعة. The Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم used to pray in the night. 13 rak'ah and he used to make witr out of those 13 he used to make the witr as 5 rak'ah and he didn't used to sit yani for the recitation of tashahud he didn't used to sit in those 5 rak'ah of witr except in the last rak'ah yani he used to pray the witr prayer as 13 rak'ah 8 of them would be 2 by 2 by 2 and 5 of them he would make as witr 8 plus 5 making 13, but he didn't sit in the witr prayer except in the last rakah, in the fifth of those five rakah of witr. The Shaykh says the general meaning of this hadith is that Aisha radiallahu anha described to us the prayer of the Prophet in the night that he used to pray 13 rakah. He prayed 8 of them first in pairs of 2, then he prayed 5 with 1 taslim, and he didn't sit in that five rakah except in the last of it, in the end, in the last rakah and he made that as his witr, yani these five rakah, he made his witr as five rakah and the other hadith which mentioned the witr as seven rakah and as nine rakah also uh, here the shaykh mentions yani, a side point he said that the narration of hadith of authentic hadith from Aisha radiallahu anha differ on how the prayer of the Prophet during the night was performed. It has been reported from her that he prayed the witr as seven rakah and that he prayed the witr as nine rakah and that he prayed the witr as eleven rakah which is the well-known narration of Aisha that he never used to make the night prayer as more than eleven rakah in Ramadan or outside of Ramadan and also it's authentically reported that he made the night prayer as 13 rakah. Uh, it has been reported from her in the two books of Sahih al-Bukhari and Muslim that he never used to pray more than 11 rakah. Yani in Ramadan or outside of Ramadan. And the best way to understand this apparent contradiction that she has reported that he prayed the prayer as 7, as 9, as 11, as 13, and, and the fact that it's reported in Al-Bukhari Muslim that she said he never prayed more than 11 rakah. He says that the most excellent manner of making reconciliation 
in this apparent contradiction is to understand the narration uh, in which it's reported from her that he never prayed more than 11 rakah that this means that his general and uh, the most often manner of performing the prayer was to make it as 11 rakah and most of the time the majority of the times he used to make it as 11 rakah but on occasion he may have increased it to 13 and on occasion he may have decreased it to 9 or 7 or less according to يعني, his condition whether he was uh, very active and strong or other than that or perhaps it may be even that he did so with the intention of teaching the people and making clear the permissibility of increasing the prayer to 13 rakah or decreasing it to 9 rakah etc. On this hadith the Shaykh mentions a number of points that are derived from it the first of them is that the Prophet sometimes made his prayer in the night as 13 rakah yeah, and sometimes he made his prayer in the night as 13 rakah not counting the two rakah sunnah before fajr not counting the two rakah before fajr because there are some hadith authentically reported that the Prophet made the night prayer as 13 rakah including the two rakah before fajr yeah, that according to those hadith you understand that he made 11 rakah but they counted it as 13 including the two rakah sunnah before fajr but this hadith is clear that he made 13 rakah and it wasn't including the two rakah of fajr because he made five rakahs with him and that wasn't part of the sunnahs of fajr so it's clear that he really did in fact make on occasion 13 rakah not including the two rakah of the sunnah prayers of fajr number two that he sometimes used to make the witr prayer as five rakah as mentioned in this hadith without fitting in those five rakah except in the last rakah of those five and he didn't make tashahud except one time in the fifth rakah number three what is intended in this hadith or in the hadith of the Prophet previously mentioned that the night prayer is methana Methna and he performs in pairs of two it means the prayer, the night prayer to the exclusion of the witter prayer yani not considering the witter prayer because the witter means odd, odd number so when you talk about the night prayer being performed in twos you mean you mean the night prayer to the exclusion of the witter prayer the night prayer to the exclusion of the witter prayer is performed in twos or in pairs uh, without considering the witter prayer Sometimes the Prophet ﷺ prayed the witr prayer as seven and he didn't sit except in the last of them and sometimes he prayed it as five and he didn't sit except in the last of them and sometimes he prayed it as nine sitting for tashahud in the eighth rakah but not making taslim and he's sitting in the eighth rakah next to the last rakah making tashahud but not making taslim and then he would pray the ninth rakah and make tashahud again as the last rakah and then make taslim and it has also been authentically reported that the Prophet ﷺ made the witr prayer as nine rakah only sitting in the next to the last rakah and in the first seven rakah he didn't sit he just 
recite Al-Fatiha and whatever he recites from the Quran, make a complete raka and stand up for the second, stand up for the third, stand up for the fourth, sixth, sixth, seventh, and in the eighth raka only he would sit for tashahud and then stand up for the ninth and make another tashahud and end the prayer. This has also been authentically reported from the Prophet Here what the Shaykh is saying is that the prayer, the witter prayer may be performed in an odd number, it could be nine, it could be seven, it could be five, and sometimes he sat only in the last rakah, and sometimes he sat in the next to the last rakah. The next point he says that Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah said that the best prayer after the obligatory prayers is Qiyam al-Layl. And the most preferable prayer that one can perform other than the five obligatory prayers, the Dhuhr, Asr, Maghrib, Isha, and Fajr, the best of prayers after them is Qiyam al-Layl, the prayer of the night. And the most important of the prayer of the night is the Witr, is the Witr prayer. It is the most important part of the prayer of the night and the two rakah of Fajr. And this is proven by the fact that the Prophet ﷺ, even when he was traveling, and he would abandon all of the other sunnah prayers, he would only pray, pray the obligatory, the five obligatory prayers, and the only thing of the voluntary prayers that he would pray is the witr prayer and the two rakah before Fajr. The two rakah, sunnah rakah of Fajr. Which shows that these are the most important of the voluntary prayers. They are the most important of the prayers after the five obligatory prayers. Also, after saying this, Shaykh Islam ibn Taymiyyah mentioned the different manners in which the witr prayer have been authentically reported in the Sunnah. The different manners. And there are numerable manners that have been uh, narrated in authentic hadith of the Prophet After mentioning those different manners which have been authentically reported, he said that the correct opinion is that if the Imam performs the witr prayer in any one of those manners that have come to us in the sunnah and he uh, then the person who is following him in the prayer should make the witr with him and if he makes it as they normally make it as three or if he makes it as one or if he makes it as five or seven the people should follow the imam in whichever manner he performs the witr as long as it is one of the manners that have been authentically reported in the sunnah of the Prophet Then the last point he says is that some of the scholars said that <coughs> the witr prayer of the Prophet have six different manners of being performed. And actually there are more than six. But he mentions here six. One of them is to perform the witr prayer as one rakah, as a single rakah. The second is to perform it as three rakah. Yeah, I two rakah and then separating the last one from it. Two rakah with taslim and one rakah. Making three rakah, separated, two and one. The third manner is to make it as five rakah. Not sitting for tashahud except in the last rakah and then making taslim. The fourth manner is to make it as seven rakah. Sitting in the sixth rakah without making taslim and then standing for the seventh rakah and completing the prayer. Yani, sometimes he didn't sit except in the last rakah and sometimes he sat in the rakah before the last, making two tashahs, one in the rakah before the last and then once in the last rakah. The fifth manner is to make the prayer as nine rakah, sitting in the eighth rakah next to the last, sitting in the eighth rakah making tashahud 
and then standing up uh, to complete the prayer with the ninth rakah and taslim. The sixth manner which he mentions is to pray the prayers 11 rakah, making taslim after every pair, after every two, up until ten. Two by two by two until making ten, and then making one single rakah as the witter. These are some of the manners that have been reported. And he says six manners of, of, of uh, performing the witter prayers, one rakah, as three rakah, as five rakah, as seven rakah, as nine rakah, as eleven rakah. Also, even those numbers of seven rakah and nine rakah are sometimes performed differently, and eleven rakah sometimes performed differently. There are some hadith in which it's reported that the Prophet ﷺ made the eleven rakah as four rakah and four rakah and three and that he made it as nine rakah sitting in the next to the last rakah he made it as seven rakah sitting into the next, in the next to the last rakah or sitting only in the last rakah so there are various manners in which it has been mentioned some of the other hadith which the shaykh didn't mention which I thought are important I took from uh, a book of hadith similar to Amdat al-Ahkam yani a similar book it is a book of Ahkam yani mentioning the hadith related to Islamic laws the acts of ibadah and uh, transactions, business trade, marriage and divorce and things like that. It's called Al-Muharraf Al-Hadith. Uh, uh, that, that book is written by one of the great scholars, Ibn Abdul Hadi Al-Maqdasi. Uh, and in it he mentions some hadith which uh, Umdat Al-Ahkam did not contain. From amongst those hadith, uh, that he mentions concerning the witr, is the hadith of Masruq reported by Al-Bukhari the hadith of Masruq he said سَأَلْتُ عَائِشَةَ عَنْ صَلَاةِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ وسلم بالليل. I asked Aisha he was a tabi'i he asked Aisha about the prayer of the Prophet in the night فَقَالَتْ سَبْعٌ وَتِسْعٌ وَإِحْدَى عَشَرَ سِوَى رَكَتَيْ الْفَجْرِ that his prayer was sometimes seven rakah, sometimes nine rakah, sometimes eleven rakah, besides the two rakah sunnah of Fajr, reported by Al-Bukhari. Also, a very important hadith related to Witr, the hadith of Talq ibn Ali. He said, Samaitu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, radiallahu anhu, he said, I there is no performance of two witches in one night. This hadith is reported in the Muslim Imam Ahmed and the Sunnah of Abu Dawood and Nasai, the Sahih Ibn Hibad and the Sunnah of At-Tirmidhi. Also concerning the witch prayer it's reported in the Muslim Imam Ahmed and the Sunnah of Abu Dawood and Ibn Majah and Nasai. On the authority of Ubay ibn Kaab radiallahu anhu, كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يوتر بسبح اسم ربك العالى وقل يا أيها الكافرون وقل هو الله أحد يعني that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم used to recite in the witter prayer سبح اسم ربك العالى and used to recite in the witter prayer in the next in the second in the second rakah of three rakah قل يا أيها الكافرون and the last rakah قل هو الله أحد and some of the narrations he recited قل هو الله أحد in addition to كل أعوذ برب كل أعوذ برب الفلق and كل أعوذ برب الناس. Uh, 
And here in this in this uh, narration, it's reported that uh, and Nasai added to this narration yani, that the Prophet used to recite these three chapters in the last in the last three rakah of the night, in the three rakah of winter, he used to recite these chapters. Wala yusallam illa fi akhirha. Yani, and he didn't used to make taslim except in the end, in the last rakah of the three. Yani, he didn't uh, separate uh, those three, but he made them as three continuous rakah, only making taslim in the last of them. Yani, separating the performance of that prayer uh, or making it, yani. With, with no separation, and yani three rakah without taslim except in the last rakah. Then he mentions the hadith of uh, 13 rakah, 5 rakah witr without sitting except in the last rakah. And he mentions the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that Aisha said that he used to make it in the beginning of the night, in the middle of the night, or in the end of the night. How much time is remaining before the Adhan? Okay, let us stop here and uh, see if there are any comments or corrections or questions and if there is any time remaining after that there are a few other hadith that perhaps we mention at this time any comments or any questions from the sisters? approximately how much time is remaining? Is anyone? maybe two or three minutes Tayyip, do you have a question? comment? yes? ma'am Naam. He didn't make uh, more than 11 rakah in Ramadan or outside of Ramadan. Naam. What about it? in Ramadan, the Taraweeh prayer, it is the same prayer. There is only one night prayer. Salat al-Layl, it is called in Ramadan by many, by commonly by the people as Taraweeh. If they pray it late in the night, after midnight, and they make it longer, they call it Qiyam al-Layl. Those who pray alone, they call it Tahajjid. This is the regular name of the prayer, Salat al-Tahajjid. Normally it is called throughout the year, Salat al-Tahajjid. In Ramadan, sometimes it is referred to as Taraweeh when it is performed in congregation in the beginning of the night after Isha and if it is performed later in the night as a longer prayer they call it Salat al-Qiyam in any case, it is one prayer it is not different prayers, it is one prayer only referred to by different names on different occasions just as the uh, Salat al-Duha in the morning after sunrise until Zohar the people sometimes refer, refer to it as Ishraq if it is performed right after sunrise, they call it Ishraq. And if it is performed before noon, they call it Duha. But it's only one prayer, and its proper name is Salat al-Duha. This is what is narrated in the hadith. But people refer to it by different names, it's performed at different times. But in fact, the time of it is from sunrise up until Zuhur, up until noon. And it is one prayer, Salat al-Duha. And the same with the night prayer, it is one prayer, Tahajjid. Okay, yeah. And it is uh, normally performed as 11 rakah. This was the most common practice of the Prophet ﷺ, though sometimes he added to it, as it is reported authentically from Aisha, 
and it is reported authentically from Abdullah ibn Abbas and Al-Bukhari that he made it as 13 raka'ah and it's also reported authentically that sometimes he made it less as 9 raka'ah or 7 raka'ah and so on mm-hmm. they start making more raka'ah anyway, in any case, yani the people are doing many things <laughs> We, we can't uh, accept everything that is being done just because someone is doing it. We don't believe everything that's in a book just because it's a book. And we don't follow everything that the people are doing just because somebody is doing it. But we should search, relate for the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ and try to do it as best as we can. As close as possible to what we know is authentically reported from him. Assalamu alaikum. If someone performs witr and sleeps not expecting to awake for tahajjid, but does awake, can he or she perform tahajjid? Since he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, admitted human forgetfulness, could he have forgotten in the case of contradictions in Aisha's narration regarding numbers of rakah? I think this is two questions. Yeah, I think it's two questions. In any case, the first question, that if someone doesn't expect to wake up for tahajjid, so they perform the witr prayer in the early part of the night as Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu said that uh, my Khalil, Khalili, he advised me with three things one of them was to make the witr prayer in the early part of the night one of them was to make the witr prayer in the early part of the night and that was because Abu Huraira didn't used to normally wake up in the night so the Prophet advised him to make the witr prayer in the early part of the night whoever doesn't expect to wake up in the night then they may make it in the early part of the night and if it happened that they woke up in the night unexpectedly they may perform tahajjid now it's permissible but what is prohibited is to make witr again after the tahajjid and there's no two witrs in one night so if you made witr and then you woke up in the night unexpectedly and you wanted to perform two rakah or four rakah or six rakah or eight rakah but make them as even number and not to make witr again after it as for forgetfulness it's permissible and it's expected uh, that people forget but this is not the case in the narrations of Aisha radiallahu anha that she forgot but it is in fact the explanation of this is that the Prophet sometimes made a different number of rakah and sometimes he made seven rakah sometimes he made nine rakah but mostly he used to make eleven rakah this is the explanation of the different variant narrations of Aisha radiallahu anha the what? Oh, kunut, kunut. Now, the kunut uh, is normally performed in the witr prayer. Now, it is from the sunnah. If you did it, I mean, you used to do it regular, but not all the time. Sometimes he didn't do it, which means that sometimes we should leave it. To really follow the sunnah, we should make the kunut usually but sometimes not make it because sometimes he didn't do it there are some other hadith here which I, I neglected to mention the papers got stuck together and this is very important hadith concerning witr it is the hadith of Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiyahu anhu reported by al-Imam Muslim the saying of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa and you make witr before the dawn this is a command from the Prophet that means you should make every effort to perform the witr prayer before dawn. Its time is up until dawn. And another hadith reported by Imam Muslim on the authority of Jabir ibn Abdullah radiallahu anhumah concerning this matter. 
The Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, من خاف أن لا يكون من آخر الليل فليوتر أوله That whoever fears that he will not wake up in the last part of the night to play with them, then play it in the first part. Whoever fears that they will not wake up at the time, the preferable time of winter, then make it in the beginning of the night, as opposed to not making it at all. وَمَنْ تَمِعَ أَنْ يَقُومَ آخِرَهُ فَلْيُوتِرْ آخِرَهُ But whoever expects that they will wake up in the last part of the night, فَلْيُوتِرْ آخِرَهُ then, then I order you to make it in the last part of the night. And the last part of the night is preferable. Whoever expects that they will wake up, make it in the last part. But whoever fears that they will not make up, then make it in the first part. That's better than not making it at all. Then the Prophet وسلم, said, when he said, and whoever expects to wake up in the last part of the night, then make the witr as the last part of the night. فَإِنَّ صَلَاةَ آخِرُ اللَّيْلِ مَشْهُودًا Because the prayer in the last part of the night is witnessed. يعني witnessed by the angels. And that is preferable or better. يعني it's better that you should pray it at that time. Naam? Yeah, before, before that then, يعني, before the break of dawn. And there's also a hadith here, which يعني, appears to be da'if, and it is not really authentic hadith, and it may be the basis also for the opinion of those who said that you can, يعني, if you slept past the dawn, and you didn't make with it, you can make it before the fajr prayer. There's a hadith reported from Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, radiallahu anhu, and that hadith, according to the best opinion of the scholars, is not Sahih, and it has defects in it, but it is reported that he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, whoever slept past the time of witr, until the dawn broke, or they forgot to make it, then they may make it as soon as they wake up or when they remember. This hadith, according to the rest of the is not authentic. But it may be the basis why some people said that if you woke up and the dawn already appeared, then you may make it before the Fajr prayer, or you may make it when you wake up, or when you remember it. But that hadith, according to the best opinion of scholars, is not authentic. And the last hadith is the hadith that I referred to, the hadith of Abu Huraira, radiallahu anhu, and this hadith is authentically reported by Al-Bukhari and Muslim, Awsani Khalili, that my friend, my Khalil, that is Muhammad advised me be salatin with three things. La ada'uhunna hatta amut. And I would never leave those things until I died. He advised me these three things, I would never leave them until I died. Tell me salafati ayyamin min kulli shahr to fast three days from every month. To fast three voluntary days of every month. Was salati subh or salatu duha and also uh, the salatu duha yani after dawn or after sunrise up until noon to pray this prayer wa nawmin ala witr and that I should sleep after performing witr yani in the beginning of the night yani I shouldn't sleep without performing the witr prayer of course that is applicable to Abu Huraira and to whoever is like him in that they don't expect to wake up in the night then he said sleep after performing the witr prayer yani make the witr prayer before you go to sleep these are three things that the Prophet advised Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu with. So this is the end of what we wanted to say. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. This is the end of the witr. Next week we will go to a new topic. We will rapidly move from one salat to another.
About the what? Dua. Which dua? The kulut. Naam, what about it? It's very long? No, it's not very long. It's very short. <laughs> you can recite it in one moment, one minute. It doesn't take more than one minute. The kulut of the Prophet was very brief. Although it's true that on occasion he used to uh, make dua against the enemies of Islam or those who had fought against Islam or killed the Muslims or did other things, in that case he would increase the, what he said in the kulut. But normally the kulut that he recited was very brief. As for lengthy recitation in kunut that we find practice today, especially in Ramadan, uh, it's not really from the sunnah, and it is better that it should be avoided. It is not from the sunnah. There is no proof that the Prophet ﷺ used to pray two rakah in the night prayer in ten minutes, and then make the kunut in the winter prayer as one hour. We stood in some masjid where the people are praying the two rakah in ten minutes, in five minutes, and they are praying the, the du'a. The du'a is 20 minutes. It's not from the sunnah. But the Prophet used to make the recitation in the prayer long. Not the kanut, not the du'a. He used to make the raka'at 20 minutes or half an hour, one hour. And then you make the du'a normal. Normal, not uh, long like this. Allah knows best. Is it allowed to make kanut in your own language? Yeah, I mean, du'a in general. Dua. Kunut is dua. And dua in general can be made in any language. In any language. But it is preferable to say the kunut or to recite the dua of the Prophet that he used to recite in, in, in the kunut to recite it. And then you may add to it anything that you want to ask for. Of worldly things or of the next life. Praying for your family or friends or asking for whatever you want to ask for of lawful things that is pleasing to Allah. It's permissible to add to it in the kunut to ask Allah for what you want to ask for. But you should, it's preferable to first uh, recite the dua of the Prophet ﷺ, and if you want to add to it, it's permissible. And Allah knows best. Say it. Subhanakallah.